Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Great to have your company on the Odds Couple, our pre-Christmas show. Pre-Christmas show, nice. Just rolls off. That's it? nice, and it only yeah. a few more days till Christmas. Can't wait. A couple of sleeps, a few oh, sleeps, yes. eh? Santa Claus is coming. Sleeps. What time do you open the prezzies on Christmas Day? Do you do it first thing, or do you wait a little while? No, first thing. First thing. But I'm a bachelor, so there'll be no prezzies for me under the Christmas tree. I've been a naughty boy this year. Oh. Mm, Santa yes. won't be coming to me. Time do you do your prezzies, mate? Um, we pack them all up in the car just shortly after 12, 12.30. We put them all under mum's tree, let little Sugar Bella Marshall at eight years of age hand them out to everyone, and then we rip and tear. Right, okay. Do you give the kids some early doors? Uh, no, no, no. No, nothing. Big, everyone waits till... Oh, Everyone's got to be there in the Marshall oh, household. Oh, that's fantastic. And then it's Is like, this? what have we got this year? Oh. What about yourself? Yep, we're similar. Yeah. Similar ammo to you. We'll... Uh, and get up, have a bit of brekkie, um, and uh, yeah. you know, just fiddle around for the morning, get the meat on the barbie, that sort of thing. Maybe have an early early one just sitting between the barbies, yeah. smelling the aroma as it comes off the meat, and then yeah. in do the prezzies, check the veggies while you're doing the prezzies. Does everyone get up and have a look at the barbie and touch the meat or whatnot? Or you no one touches the meat. Step away from the Except the, barbie, for the chef. The barbecue <laughs> is the only person that now touches the meat. Now do you whack the, the old hats on, rip the bonbons? Yeah, well, nah, that's, that's at the table. Yeah. yeah, you do all that. Yeah, and yeah. You, know, you get a little bottle opener and yeah, yeah. little whistle. What about the jug? What, what about the jokes? What about the jokes? Jokes are good. Are they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. that bad? They're good. Aye. When the kids are little and the whistle would come out. Yeah, that used to be fantastic. Did you used to crack the the sads? You used to really get upset if you didn't get the the strong piece with the toy after the bonbon crack. You look at your dad and, <laughs> and you went. Yeah. And then you, any chance? Then, then you then you read the joke. Why did the golfer wear two pairs of pants in case he got a hole in one? Oh, hey, thanks. Hey. Oh. 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 Poor Poor just trained his thousands winner and he's been sitting there uh, listening to this garbage we're talking. Apologies uh, from us at the Odds Couple, Greg, but how do you spend Chrissy? Well, yeah, it was a bit of a mixed bag. A little bit of this and a bit of that. I can relate to all of that. But, uh, certainly know a little uh, habit that uh, you guys have over Christmas, so that's good. Greg, before we uh, get into your achievements as a trainer and your, your runner at Flemington today, I was just talking to the, the boys in the break. You go back through an equestrian background prior to becoming a horse trainer, correct? Oh, yes, exactly, yep. But, um, T- tell I us a bit about that, off, Greg. Uh, well, I started off a little bit uh, show, jumping, uh, show riding and then... Uh, that became quite boring for me and uh, looked for something a little bit more interesting. So uh, we looked at the uh, showtime aspect of the industry and then uh, that certainly grabbed me and things just started moving along bit by bit. And we uh, uh, enjoyed a little bit of success and yeah, it, uh, it grew from there. We got a couple of nice horses and uh, was fortunate to gain a berth in a couple of Australian teams and, uh, and then finally wound up at the Olympic Games. And what year was that, Greg? 1984. 1984. And tell us about the... Um, Where were the Olympics in 84? In Los Angeles at the time. Yeah, the LA, LA. Yeah, the LA yeah. Games. 
And and what about the um, obviously there's uh, competitions leading up to it, and you need a, a decent horse, a warm blood or a thoroughbred where you're riding. Well, interesting because the uh, I had two horses. We actually uh, the team flew into uh, uh, the UK on uh, in February. We uh, were sort of based there six months before we went to the games. They thought that'd be quite beneficial to get a bit of international experience, and uh, which was great. I mean, we we probably competed against oh, at least sixty, seventy percent of the teams that were going to meet at the, at the games. So gives a little bit of an insight of sort of what the competition was going to be like before we even got there. And but, uh, it was good, but uh, to answer your question about the horses I had, uh, uh, one was by a thoroughbred out of a trotting mare, wow. and uh, his name was Johnny Mack. Um, he was a skewball, and uh, he was just a, a, an absolute freak. He could jump anything, that horse. And he uh, Held the six-bar record at Sydney Royal. I think he jumped in two years in a row, and he jumped six foot three. So uh, it was quite a good effort. And the other horse that I had, um, he was by a thoroughbred out of a Clydesdale man. Gee, wow. So, uh, Great mix. They weren't very uh, fashionably bred by any means, but uh, they were both freaks that you know had very, very good athleticism and uh, could jump like stags. And the training of, of uh, show jumpers, Greg, what was the, some of the intricacies that you can share with us, the keys that you, you needed to um, well, get the best out of them? Well, they probably, as you could appreciate, Simon, you know, even with racehorses, they're all individuals and you've got to ride them accordingly. And uh, those two horses that I had were Grand Prix horses, of course, but they were chalk and cheese compared to each other. They, uh, you had to ride them differently, Um they had little things that uh, you had to adjust your riding style to try and get the best out of them. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting industry. Um, and, you know, a lot of work goes into it. Um, but they've got to be, well, like racers, they've got to have the ability to allow us to be able to do our job. But, uh, but you know, a lot of flat work goes into it, a lot of conditioning, uh, exercising, you know, with probably jumped the horses a couple of times a week before they completed on the weekend. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a quite a mixed bag for a show jumping horse. But, uh, yeah, and you'd, you'd, uh, you'd be the right person to ask, actually, Greg, in terms of life after uh, racing with thoroughbreds. Uh, it's always uh, been a popular avenue, uh, dressage, show jumping for thoroughbreds. Was it the case back then in uh, the, uh, the 90s? if you like, and as it's become apparent now that that seems to be the way to go. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we targeted a lot of racehorses um, for our caper. Uh, I had one horse called Rebel, and he was uh, he couldn't run out of sight in a dark night. But uh, as a show jumper, um, I took him to New Zealand and, uh, you know, competed there for Australia. Um, he was a very, very smart horse, and he just had the ability to jump, but he, he was... Terrible racehorse. Amazing, eh? So when did you decide to become a horse trainer out of all of that, Greg? Yeah, well, it was interesting. We come back from the Olympic Games. uh, We trained fairly intensely, you know, of course, leading up to it. I thought, I'll just have a little bit of a break. I'll I'll go back to my trade as a partner. uh, I'm sick of travelling. I thought I'd, I'd try and stay at home for a bit. I think I lasted 30 days away from the horses and I thought, well, I've got to turn my hand into something else and, and uh, swung across to the, uh, the racehorses. So uh, 
and started sort of at the ground level. We started breaking in and uh, free training, and uh, which led to getting a licence, and uh, the team grew, and it, it went on from there. Yeah, now Greg uh, tags in, mate. Uh, we go to he- <clears throat> sorry, we go to headquarters today. You've just trained your thousandth winner. Congratulations on that. Now you've got great Duchess, Duchess in the fifth. She is favourite. She gets better with racing. Can she be your thousand and first winner? Well, look, I, I think we go there with a, a very, very good chance. I, I thought she was just uh, very unlucky last start. She nearly got the prize, but that certainly has cleaned her up a little bit fitness-wise. And, you know, uh, she races terrific at Flemington. She's in really good order. I think the mile is where we've really been looking forward to, to getting to. And the, and I, I'm not disappointed with the barrier. I think it just gives you an opportunity to probably slot in there and give her the, the room that she enjoys to sort of finish the races off. So well, I think she's a very good chance today. And she'll lose nothing with Jai McNeil on too. He's got a great book of rides today. 380 into 310. She's very popular, Greg. Oh, well, that's good. I hope they're all right. Well, let's hope she uh, brings you some Christmas cheer, Greg. Thanks for joining us on the Odds Couple this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you guys. Pinker, Pinker. What about Apache Cat? Multiple Group yeah. 1 winning trainer. trainer Champion man. horseman, Greg Urell. Yeah. We'll be back with more odds couple, we think, in just a moment. You two scallywags. I've had a gutful already. <laughs>